Hey, it's the Heart of a Fighter show. I'm your coach, Johan. Thank you again for joining us today. This is the show where we talk everything nutrition, fitness, lifestyle help. We make sure that you get all the fitness info you need with as little bullshit and gimmicks as possible, guys. Today, I'm not going to go all the way in, but I am going to say the three reasons why I hate keto diets, why I dislike paleo diets, and instead of being a negative podcast, I'm going to show you guys the reasons these diets don't work, and most diets don't work for anybody. In doing so, follow me, guys, on Twitter, Coach underscore underscore Johan on Twitter, Johan Underdog Trains on Instagram, CoachJohanCSCS.com. You can go to that website. You can find a lot of resources and advice on fitness. We're going to go over tech. There's videos on techniques. There's small video talks and lectures, short, digestible ones that only take 5, 10 minutes of your time but are really detailed but also rapid fire. They teach you. I want to build a library that teaches you everything on fitness. I want it to be to where each lesson is a volume, maybe about how to make the perfect shake that's a meal replacement. That's part of a volume. All that's on that website. Guys, check it out because I want to make sure you guys are keeping all the Benjamins you earn in your pocket and not spending them on shit training techniques, bad diets. Who needs them? Because I can tell you one thing about diets. Well, I can tell you a lot of things, but here's something you notice. You're sitting there, you're dieting again. Somebody fed it to you that the best way for you to lose weight is to cut the fucking carbs. It's so ingrained into your mindset that when you learn that you're supposed to lose weight from your doctor, remember that doctor's appointment you went on last year? Remember? Yeah, that one, right? Maybe it wasn't that. Maybe it was that talk you had with your best friend. Remember the one where she told you, Getting a little uh, extra around the midsection. You took it to heart. It was the first thing you did. What was the first thing you did when you got that 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 insufferable information? You got rid of carbs. That was the first thing you did. And it was the first mistake in a long list of dieting mistakes that you are going to make over the next four months. Guys, I don't want it to be like this. I don't want you guys to go through that madness, right? But unfortunately, because you stepped on a landmine early called the keto diet, this is what's going to happen. You're going to cut out everything with carbs in it. And I mean everything, right? You're going to ignore the fact that most of what we eat is carbohydrates in general. And so you're going to notice that a huge swath of what you've been buying at the supermarket, what's inside your pantries and cupboards right now, is carbohydrate-based. And with little, I guess, discretion for what is complex carbohydrates versus fiber versus sugar, you just know, get rid of all the white flour and the carbs. And so that's what you're going to do. You're going to find that you're chopping out... 
probably about 40 to 60% of everything you've been eating anyways. Over the next course couple of weeks, over the course of the next few weeks and days, yeah, you'll notice the suffering induction where you're suffering a little bit more than you should. Your energy might dip up and down throughout the day, but overall you're probably losing weight. Over the course of three weeks, you'll find it very difficult to stick to your diet. And while I don't like to broad brush anybody or any group of people, I have seen this same narrative play itself out too many times over the course of many years to to do anything else but stereotype everybody who starts a keto diet. And with great exception, you you hyper athletes, you elite almost athletes out there, you probably won't have the same problems, issues or narratives. But the many of us who try these diets, yeah, we're going to run headfirst into a obelisk of dieting woes. And it's because, well, we stepped right on a landmine called a keto diet. And this diet, any paleo diet that you guys are on, know that it's just not going to work for you. Well, I don't have a lot of ire for specifically keto diets compared to how much ire I have for all diets. That's because none of them fucking work. And what I mean is, I let's parse what I say out real quick. Okay, let's 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 unpack this real quick, real quick. I don't mean to say that no diet works. There are a couple dash diets, right? Diets where you're dividing your ratios. I believe they're called like a zone diet or something like that. Those are effective. There are a couple other eating patterns. There's like the Dolce diet, which is kind of a diet, but it's more like a set of eating plans that doesn't necessarily restrict all kinds of bullshit. Those are called diets, but they're not really diets. They work. That is the type of eating you can get away with. The other thing that I don't want to say is all diets don't work is this. Diets can work in the short term. They help you lose weight right away. So when your friend or your doctor told you, hey, you needed to get, you know, hey, remember when this button up, that white lace uh, textured button up fit you real well and these the bottom three buttons weren't stressed beyond all, you know, physical means. And you didn't have all that extra. Before that conversation, you weren't even thinking about it. The first thing you did after your friend, your girlfriend, your paramour, your doctor mentioned that to you was dump out all the carbs. And guess what? You are going to lose weight in the first few days, maybe even a couple weeks after you try. And so diets don't work. Mm, Not necessarily true. That shit does work. It ain't going to work for long, though. And I'll just tell you right now to save you the fucking pain. And because they don't work for long, they basically don't work at all. 
So it was 2013, 2012, I met this lady. Her name, let's call her Jenny. Jenny was a CFO of a small company that her and her husband started. And she was a workout fiend. Five, six days a week, this lady would work out. She was over 30% body fat. She used to come to me and say, homie, let's work out. We'd work out together. We'd work out two times a week, sometimes three short sessions. Over the When I first met her, I noticed that she was not really eating carbohydrates at all. Now, I had to convince her to eat some carbohydrates. And when I finally did, her energy picked up. We were able to drop, uh, man, 12 pounds off of her frame at 130 pounds, 131, 2 pounds, and get her below 20% body fat. And this is a 45-year-old mother of three, by the way. You know, lovely lady, pretty, had, you know, what that gene pool was amazing. All of her kids were, like, sharp-looking, you know, angular jaw, the whole nine. This lady, we got her below 20. And if you know anything about body fat percentages for a 45-year-old mother to get below 20% from just working out and not doing anything else but eating right and, like, you know, eating your vegetables and your spinach and all that, it's pretty damn good. I was very proud of her work ethic. That was the first time I noticed, hey, by making someone eat carbohydrates, I actually helped them and benefited them and helped boost their metabolism. Of course, it was 2012 or 13 at the time. I didn't think anything of it. Like, I didn't think that this was a thing that people were going to get into. And so I thought, "Mm, all right, she's trying to drop off sugar, whatever. Little did I know that the outside world was picking up on something called a paleo diet. Now, the thing for me was I already knew, like I said, I've told you guys before, bodybuilders. I've had a lot of friends that are bodybuilders. Not a lot, but maybe four or five, between four and ten four and seven that are bodybuilders and I seen how they ate count me as one of the fitness heads that was peeling through muscle mag back in the 90s and saw Dorian Yates come up and saw Nasser El Sombody and read these guys diets I knew how these dudes ate and some of my best friends Ate the same way when they're in competition. It wasn't new to me. I saw these guys cut out bread and prolesthetize the evils of carbohydrates, the iniquity of of Wonder Bread and donuts. Hell of fucking vegetables. I saw it firsthand. But they did what they needed to do. They sacrificed in many ways, physically and nutritionally achieve this level of aesthetics that they'd maintain for a few short hours within the confines of an even more macro cycle that only existed for three or four weeks within another cycle of training that took three months to get down to. But again, only in percentages of their actual daily lives. Not putting the two pieces together at the time, I just kind of figured, oh, okay, I guess it's more, she must know a bodybuilder. Jenny must know a bodybuilder. All right. We can fast forward to 2014. Two ladies become my two trainees and really start to shed some light, not just on paleo eating, 
Make that three, actually. The first one immediately tells me about her paleo eating, right? She is someone that I had been training, shares the same birthday as me, but is 10 years older, or five years older, excuse me, and tells me, um, actually brings in some, I remember, we had met up, we, we would train together hard for about five to seven months at a time. She would get her goals, and then I won't see her for a while. This is kind of her MO. She trains in these giant macro cycles of, of like four years. And in between, she maintains it as long as she can, but she now is a mother. At the time, she was just getting married. And I remember she brought in some food. And I remember eating. She made her own protein bars. And these bars had, you know, raisins, some kind of dried fruit, maybe a fig. It was, or a date. I think there were dates. They were um, anchored together by the sweet fruit date. They had a lot of seeds, some nuts in there. But I remember thinking, damn, this thing is like really healthy tasting. Apparently it was packed with protein. It was a, she called it her protein balls. And I remember thinking, like, damn, there's no, like, flavor. Salt or, I think they were dusted with some kind of ground-up milled seed. And I remember thinking, I remember telling her, I'm like, yeah, they're, they're good, but they need, you know, a bit of salt. And she's like, oh, yeah, we don't eat salt with our food. And I'm like, and I told her what every nutrition-trained motherfucker would say, you know, add salt afterward if you need that taste. But I also prefaced it by saying my... Salt intake is so damn high that my salt receptors are like redlining all the time. So I need to feel salt in all my food. But I remember thinking like, okay, why would she use just a couple types of fruit, avoid sugar at all costs in every other way, not care about the butter content, and then make it heavy, heavy on the protein to the end where there wasn't much flavor involved. Little did I know I was drawing up the genotype of a paleo snack. And I think she might have even mentioned the P word, right? The OPP, other people's paleo. And so I kind of, I thought that was interesting and a new way of eating. Well, fast forward, I think from there, actually another three months and I meet two ladies, LT and Destiny. Destiny was a straight up fucking bodybuilder. Destiny took supplements, both special and over the counter. She went over the table for hers and underneath the table for hers too. Her goal was to get on stage as an amateur, win some competitions, look great in a bikini, and let me just say that she did everything she could to get there. Destiny was determined, and in her early 40s, she didn't have time to look back. She was making six figures. She had the blonde hair ready to ready to go, ready to wow the judges, and she worked out, man, at least six times a day. Sometimes she did double days. Destiny was on top of her shit. But Destiny wasn't losing weight. And Destiny handed me a thumb drive 
with probably 20 different diets, some of which she paid $500 for, anywhere from $200 to $500 for. And this didn't include the supplements of note that came along with some of them, which would drive that price point up into the thousands. You know, if you know someone that's taken steroids or any type of PED for bodybuilding, guys, not just for a sport, that uh, a contact sport necessarily or a team sport, but for bodybuilding, you're talking price tags of up to twenty-five dollars to $3,000 on average. So this is what she was paying for a diet. And at the most, at the lower end, and what did I see when I peeled through her thumb drive full of diets? The same bodybuilding diets that I had come up on, well, that my friends had come up on, that I used to sit there and be like, damn, bro, you're really not going to have any beer. You're really not going to eat any fucking, you know, trail mix. Just fucking meat and beef jerky, for real. Only brown rice and chicken. God damn. For weeks? Are you serious? Tilapia and orange roughy, for real? I had seen this play out, and so I wasn't too taken aback. But I knew the reason why she wasn't losing any weight. Because she had adopted or co-opted that style of eating in tandem with this new OPP style of eating. And because of that, I noticed she wasn't losing any weight. She stayed at 136 pounds at like 5'2", something like that. LT, she came in all about it. Now, this lady had two accidents at work where she hit her head. She was very overweight, very sweet, very into tech, very determined, was going to school on her free time after working 40-plus hours a week with these tech motherfuckers out here doing essentially clerical work for them, but being... A what do they call it? The um, executive assistant of some rather big companies, right? Because most of the big tech companies in San Jose, they're not in San Jose. Their headquarters is around here. So the ones in San Jose, they still plenty powerful, but they're not the Amazons. They're not the Facebooks, etc. So she worked for one of them, one of the second tiered, multi-million and not billion dollar. <laughs> You know, IP guys, companies. So anyways, she had had two accidents, hit her head on a glass desk a couple of times, knocked herself out. And one of the things that her doctor, her neurologist mentioned was, hey, get you on a keto diet because the keto diet is going to help you by ingesting so much fat, rebuild some of these, I'm guessing, myelin sheets around the neurons that communicate impulses down the range of your spinal column. They're going to help her remember shit that she had forgotten. They're going to help her move her body, her psychomotor. They're going to help rebuild that shit because she was having severe problems with her memory, with her energy levels and lethargy. She was stopped being able to drive legally. Her speech sometimes got jumbled up because of the nasty fall she had taken at work, working too hard, maybe. Keto diet. So... I got to see up close the effects of the diet on both of these ladies at the same time in 2014. 
I implored. I begged almost Destiny to start eating sugar. I said, hey, if you want to fucking do this, I'm down. But we're not going to do this unless you start losing weight. Because that's the first thing you told me you wanted to do. Okay? Now, if you're going to lose weight, guess what's not going to happen? You doing double days, lifting the same amount of fucking weight every single day, eating 1,400 calories, 80% of which is from protein, literally probably about 50% of it was from protein. So you're talking what? Nearly 200 calories. No. Probably 180 calorie, uh, grams of protein for a 135 pound woman. Fucking ridiculous, right? That's some pro bodybuilder shit. And they're on, they're doing everything. And th- those are folks, by the way, that are at like 13% body fat for women. Nonetheless, this is what she was going to try. I said, you're only going to work together and get some success if you start eating carbs. Here's the types of things you need to be eating in the morning, including smoothies, uh, fruit smoothies, including 150 calories from dried fruit, from trail mixes, if she still needed her protein, from organic or natural forms of juice. I insisted after a while and guess what happened she lost six fucking pounds after not losing a pound paying thousands for diets in the last year before i met her in little under two months we lost her six pounds or five to six pounds now does she have a penchant for the extreme and could she have taken my advice maybe at a hyperbolic level where she was just just obsessed with eating fruit all of a sudden? Absolutely. But right off the top, Destiny lost four to six, five pounds just from including fruit because her energy levels went up. She was able to work out harder. She was able to break a sweat, sustain a high level of cardio, even though we're lifting, which is something that I uh, preach and practice myself, especially with my trainees, is getting that cardio burn while we're lifting weights. She was able to do all this over time while we were lifting weights, and that helped her burn way more fat than some stupid keto diet did. Guys, the shit doesn't work. There are three, and as with LT, well, Over time, in the next year that I saw her on and off, she started to rebuild herself. She never lost a pound. She was constantly skipping breakfast or only eating, you know, drinking coffee, caveman coffee in the morning. She just stayed away from all kinds of carbohydrates despite being well over 250 pounds. At the advice, not just of her doctor, because her doctor, by the way, had implored her that she might even lose weight from doing keto diet, but hers was to rebuild neural pathways. And with the tests that she apparently ran with her new neurologist, she had been doing that. Her speech was better. Her memory was better. She was functioning better at her job. That's important to note. But as far as her losing weight, which is the reason you guys are going to start doing these diets, fuck no. I have yet to meet a single person who's doing one of these carb-restrictive diets that it actually has worked for long periods of time, straight up. And I've noticed far more people lose weight from eating 
fueling their workouts with certain types of carbohydrates and sugars enough so that they burn that off in the workout and go for cardio longer while they work out are able to get to higher VO2s, higher heart rates for a sustained period of time in their workout, not fueling some kind of Tabata or interval bullshit that is only going to be good for the next workout. No, we're talking long term. Instead of eating like that, I've trained dozens of people who've gone from that very sustainable eating just to fuel your workout to restricting all sugars, right? Eating um, fucking, man, sausage patties and bacon and eggs for breakfast, which sounds fucking amazing, by the way. You know? I've watched people do that more than more than more than 6 or 7 times where I've had people lose weight and body fat, increase their lifts, their PRs, men and women, switch over to eating either keto or paleo and stop dead in their tracks losing weight. Period. These people didn't know each other. They were around the same age, which is in their late mid to late 30s and up. And I've seen it time and time again. Dead in the tracks. Matter of fact, I got a couple of people now who are insistent that they're going to try another type of Atkins diet. And I'm just hoping that I'm wrong once again. Right? One of the first episodes of Heart of the Fighter was, here's why keto diets don't work. But over time, the more interviews that I hear from people... The Gary Tobbs or the Peter Atia or the Dom D'Agostino or the um, Chris Cresser and all these guys, the more I realize the truth. Or, or Ben Greenfield. I listen to these guys and I say, hmm, there's so much science that gets peer-reviewed where the peer-reviewers are trying to prove something to the positive and because doctors can then corroborate and confirm the peer-reviewed status. That it looks like actual science has taken place. And instead of reading articles or listening to articles, these men that I just kind of named will source either peer-reviewed studies or non-primary studies having to do with these keto diets. And not pay attention to the original science. Instead paying attention to the the peer-reviewed shit. Just to prove that these keto diets and paleo diets are highly effective. And then they'll go out and write books. Write different types of diets. And it only makes me think, hey. These guys don't know what the fuck they're talking about. At large, maybe this works for a handful of people, like a sample of a sample, but at large, these things just don't fucking work. I've seen it time and time again. So, guys, I'm going to give you my three reasons why I hate keto diets and why they don't fucking work. Three reasons. Number one, they only appeal to people who are looking for. A niche, a niche type of diet. 
So here's the deal. If I'm a super athlete, I go keto. If I'm just kind of a um, a free time athlete, I want to participate in an event, but my event's like a few months away and I have time to train for it, I'll go paleo, right? Because the paleo shit's a little bit more strict. And so it's clearly unsustainable, right? It implies that you need to make a lifestyle change. You need to start eating like Paleolithic man, right? Despite not having Paleolithic's, Paleolithic man's uh, lack of modernity with regards to their problem solving, right? And if I don't work out much at all and I'm rather sedentary, maybe even elderly, or an older population, I'll go Atkins. But guys, this is the same fucking shit. And so the number one reason I hate keto diets is because they appeal to the few. So if you're one of those three types of people, you're going to want to do one of these carb-restrictive diets on whole. But for the most, look, here especially in the States, people need to lose weight. Right? If you could honestly say that one in three people is obese... Or close to 50% of black women are obese. Close to 50% of Latinos in general out here, especially with the women, are obese. 40%, I think. Um, uh, as, as I believe the CDC will confirm in the last couple years. You know that we have a penchant for wanting to diet in the U.S. A desire to, and maybe even a need. But the de facto move shouldn't be keto. And if there's that many people that 35% of our population needs to get on a diet today, including an overwhelming majority of our minority women, right? That, sure, it's not the majority, but that's you're talking millions of fucking people. And how many people actually find success on a keto diet? How many of your friends have? couple fucking handful maybe the most athletic motherfucker you know maybe you're friends with rich froning right and he's one of them like come on that's the few and that's what these diets or these authors of these diets they kind of missed out on telling you that they help the few not the many number two if the progenitors of these diets knew what they were fucking talking about, they would know that they ain't doing shit special but copying bodybuilder diets that were authored or formulated in the 60s and 70s. Like I said earlier, this is what bodybuilders have been doing for decades. Decades. Before Actins wrote his first book in 1972, bodybuilders were cutting out carbs left and right in order to prevent insulin from taking its effect and converting excess fat, protein, and carbohydrates into fat in their bodies. Considering most of the things that we eat, especially out here in the United States, are just straight-up carbohydrates, most of what you eat, guys, is carbohydrates. They cut those things out. The thing is, those bodybuilders knew that if you cut that much out, you're going to have to supplement it with excess protein. If you start running amok in the weight room and lifting hard, you're going to need a ton of excess protein. And so they started loading up 180, 200, 300 grams of protein to mitigate the loss of muscle 
that you achieve. These guys don't tell you that you need to start taking glutamine, amino acids. Why do you think these diets and all these new diets, why do you think branched chain amino acids have become so popular lately? Because that is kind of a cipher or a code for you need to start taking in protein to mitigate the muscle loss you're going to endure while on these types of diets because your lifting is going to suffer. Your athleticism, it's going to suffer. And because you're not lifting or building muscle, it doesn't even have to be giant muscle. Going through these diets, you're going to need to supplement with tons of protein. The shit doesn't work. So they didn't explain that, hey, they've been copying motherfucking Arnold and, and what's his face? Um, all those guys. Sergio Oliva and uh, Franco Colombo. And fucking Lee Haney. They've been copying their fucking eating patterns and now making it kind of more accessible for everyone else. It's nothing new. And the third reason I hate keto diets is because, guess what? It's fucking unsustainable. Carnivore diets are unsustainable. And guys, I know this because I knew bodybuilders who were doing this shit back in the 90s. And they didn't do it all day. Every day for months at a time. Because they're human. And that shit is impossible. It's impossible to eat just fucking meat all the time. And before you actually... Well, after you get the initial gain, you're going to start noticing, Oh yeah, this is really difficult and I can't do it. And you could call it what you want. You can call it the keto flu. You could call it this and that hangover. You can call it like a sugar wall, whatever the fuck you want to call it, right? But a lifestyle where if you drink one glass of fucking, you know, red wine or you have one rum and coke and it threatens to derail your entire eating pattern for the last two months as it knocks you out of ketosis, realize that your shit ain't sustainable. Look, when you start... Thinking about cheat days being cheat days all the time. When you start thinking about the fact that you have to cycle on and off of your keto diet. It's because you can't fucking sustain it. And the truth is most people who diet cycle on and off of a di- cycle on and off of their diet anyway. So why then cut carbs like a motherfucker. Tell yourself that you can't eat bread. Pizza. And God forbid the iniquitous pasta. Why tell yourself you can't eat things that are not the be all end all of your health and then cycle on and off like someone who doesn't give a shit that they're going to go ahead and have some risotto for dinner? Why? Hmm. Maybe it's because most of us understand already that dieting, losing weight, and feeling stronger. Being more athletic and having better performance has everything to do with the time that you put food into your body, the ratios at which you put it in there, and little to do with the color of the fucking bread that you put around the the non-nightshade ingredients that you're eating for fucking lunch. Come on, man. This shit doesn't work, guys. And because it's unsustainable, because it has no shot of working long term, it just 
doesn't fucking work at all. The only thing I do want to say is, while all diets don't work, know that, hey, if you jump off that diet train after like three weeks, you are going to lose weight. And you are going to notice that if you have had uh, neurological trauma, that your thought processes might be coming back to square one, right? Because of a keto diet. But for losing weight, guys, the shit doesn't work. Sorry. And I don't mean to be the harbinger of terrible news. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be the messenger that you try to lance. I don't want to do it, but I got to go against the grain on this one. I have to let you guys know, for me personally, I have never seen someone succeed on this bullshit. Not even stay at a level where I could call maintenance for very long. And I've never seen bodybuilders do this shit for long periods of time. If I had seen one of... Those those bodybuilders, men and women, they're the ones trying to sustain it as long as possible, and they can't even do it for long parts of the year, right? You know it. Hey, you know that your carnivore diet is forcing you to cycle on and off of it all the time. You know that your cheat day became a cheat week in the middle of your non-cheat month, and then it'll be a cheat month in the middle of your six months on You know that carb cycling ain't doing much more than you telling yourself carbs are horrible for a long period of time, but doing it in such a way where you're just putting yourself through agony of not eating fucking carbs in lieu of cheese because you want to deny yourself ice cream. I don't know. I get that we've fooled ourselves into thinking that everything bad in dietary um, worth dietary ire comes in the form of sugar but guys that's nothing new that's been the case we've known that's the case since the 50s jack lalane was saying that shit that ain't nothing new and so guys consider that these diets maybe maybe are authored by people men and women mainly men in this particular regard these diets are authored by people who have little experience with actually dealing with coaching trainees outside of a medical uh, setting that maybe they're ivory tower nutritionists maybe they're not they're doctors of biochemistry right and not really dietitians or nutritionists remember too that doctors don't have years of training in nutrition like they do for physiopathology or diagnosing or prescription drugs, right? They have very little nutrition training. Maybe think that the journalists who are writing books have a separate agenda rather than to tell you how to lose weight. And keep this one in mind too. They're all just copying Dr. Atkins. And Dr. Atkins was just copying what bodybuilders were doing already. I want to save you guys the trouble of going through a diet that doesn't work because as I've seen with um, one of my own trainees um, a year and a half ago, the more you diet and fail because these bullshit keto diets don't fucking work, the worse you feel about yourself. And A, 
Sometimes you don't want to feel worse about yourself than you do today if you've already failed a diet. Don't go down that road, guys. Don't do it. All right, you guys. I want to share a quick article with you. It is about uh, basketball, which is starting up again. There's an interview with um, a magazine talking to Phil Jackson and Steve Kerr at the same time. Let's see if we can pull some coaching and motivational nuggets therein. Here we go. The Road to Dynasty interview by Kit Rackless. When you could tie together the point you're trying to make on the basketball floor with a humorous message coming from a movie when the message is clear and it carries over to what you're trying to teach you're not having to either kiss up to the player or criticize them. You're just telling them something, but you're using humor. I thought that was part of Phil's genius, and it's something that we try to employ all the time. Last year, we came down on a two-on-one, and Draymond Green had the ball. Steph Curry runs to the three-point line. Draymond has a dunk if he wants it, because the defender runs to Steph, but Draymond passes up a dunk and throws it to Steph, and Steph misses the three-pointer. I'm looking at my coaches like, what the hell are we doing? Just please take the two-pointer. So what are my options to tell Draymond? How are we going to do this creatively? What we decided on the next day at practice was to show a video on playing blackjack. It was about splitting tens, and the audio says, Never, ever split tens. Why would you ever give up a winning hand just to try to get two better ones? The message from the video was so obvious. The guys loved it, because they all like to play cards. They got a good laugh out of it, and Draymond laughed. That was to me. Right on. And, uh, yeah, I don't think this, whoever that, whatever, you know, methodology that this person or the audio video that they were watching used where they said never split tens, like, please go fuck off. You split, you definitely almost never split tens, but you never split tens if you haven't been counting the cards before and you know exactly how many tens are left in that shit or not exactly, but you have an idea. Like if you saw three or four tens go by and you haven't seen the dealer or the machine switch the hand yet, then fuck no, you don't do that. If you got all your face cards that have already been played, hell no, you don't split tens. But if you haven't seen shit and all you've been seeing is number cards, you better believe you split tens. See, that's the thing with blackjack, guys. You don't follow the rules unless you have no other choice. Then you follow that shit to a T. Otherwise, you just have fun and you play blackjack. And you play the fucking odds most of the time when you have to. Outside of that, if you want to win some cash in blackjack, where the game where you have the best odds to beat the house, yeah, you don't play the fucking rules. You play to win money. Because if you play the rules, you leave with empty pockets. Because the house always wins. But it's true. Most of what you guys will want to stay motivated and teach other people has everything to do with... Um, if you can stick that idea around something that's fun, right? If something's creative or fun, emotional, it becomes more memorable. And when you're talking about the long haul, it could be you trying to lose weight over the course of the next two months. Maybe you have a competition. Remember the things that make it fun to do it, right? Remember the time where you try to cook yourself uh, some... Some keto pancakes. 
hopefully you're not on a keto diet and you're trying to do this, and you burnt the fuck out of them. Remember that time you tried to get um, a fresh uh, pie for dessert on your cheat day, and it turned out to be a vegan pie? Remember how fucked up that was? Oh, it was a gas, wasn't it? Well, those things are going to teach you. Maybe you learn a lesson from it about um, the commitment you're willing to make to change your nutrition, right? Point is that those moments are going to stick in your head than the actual grind of having to, say, skip sugar or do exactly three and a half miles for cardio every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Breaking shit up and staying flexible, like we talked about um, a week ago, is probably the best way that these lessons are going to stick with you. And the more that they stick with you, the more likely you are to stick with the plan overall. And you stick with that plan, you're more likely to see success in your daily lives, guys. And hey, I want that shit for you. Guys, I'll talk to you again next week. I can't wait. Till then, have a fantastic week. Hey, I'll talk to you then. Thanks for listening.